0: This month, we have a special edition of the Ninja Tune podcast. Our producer sat down with Jamie and Dan of the charity War Child to discuss their involvement in this year's Independent Music Cup, a five-side football tournament bringing together 32 teams from across the music industry to raise money for a good cause. This year's chosen charity is the War Child FC project, helping children growing up in conflict zones through the power of football. The Independent Music Cup is being held at Power League Nine Elms on the 27th of July. Head to
1: independentmusiccup.com for more details. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio on demand.
2: Timing, waking up, howling, a little crowd. You fell, you fell.
3: So, uh, Jamie and Dan of War Child, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this year the uh, the Indie Music Cup is raising money for your uh, War Child FC programme specifically. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what the programme does for, for children in conflict zones. Yes, sure.
1: Um, well, first of all, thanks for having us on, it's really nice to be talking to you um, and for the Indie Music Cup support to War Child this year. It's great for us. War Child's an international agency. We work principally on the rights of children whose lives are affected by conflict. So we work in tough countries, Iraq, Afghanistan, Central African Republic, DRC, that's Congo, um, Yemen. And it's quite a range of work that we do, principally on child protection and education, but also helping families to recover their livelihoods. We're really focused on the traumatic effects that living through conflict has on children. And so quite a lot of our work focuses on psychosocial recovery, um, helping kids to regain a sense of childhood and to relearn how to socialise and interact with their peers, to plan for the future and that sort of thing. And there's quite a few ways into that, but one really interesting route into that work is sport. Um, There's a long-standing area of work in humanitarian and development work which is around sports for development. But we've really focused in on the power of football, um, and the link that you can make between that sport activity and all the team building um, and sort of positive attitude that goes around it, and the psychosocial outcomes or the psychosocial work that we do with children and young people that helps them to recover from conflict. So whilst doing doing sport and football in a development project is not really a new thing, doing it very specifically to help children who have lived through conflict um, is a new approach for us and it's brilliant that we've got this tie up with the Indie Music Cup um, that's helping us to raise money for the initial phases of this work. So
3: would you say that the the project is about using sport as as almost for its therapeutic purposes, or is the sport the way to actually uh, get the... Do you know I mean? Like, uh, to, to yeah, m- To engage the kids effectively. Yeah,
1: I get, you're, you're spot on because it's both of those things. Okay. Participating by its very nature in a positive team-based activity is a good thing to do. Yeah. For example, think about some of the children that we're working with in Central African Republic. Some of them, not all of them, but some of them are kids who have been living and working in armed groups. So they've mm-hmm. been child soldiers or they've been kitchen porters. Um, get kept as wives for commanders and that sort of thing. So they've had very, very difficult lives and highly traumatic. When they come out of that armed group in that sort of demobilization phase mm-hmm. or process, um, helping them to get back to normal life is a big challenge for, A, for them, but also for their families and communities. And something that Child works on. So as part of that, very simply, getting involved in constructive team-based activities is a, a positive, Thing for those kids to do. But also, it also provides the coaches and the social workers who work around these teams to identify children who might be in need of very specific support, i.e., the most vulnerable ones or the most troubled or the ones from the poorest families. And that's a useful way of helping to sort of refer those kids onto more specialist um, uh, services. And I guess. There are things that come up through a football lesson
3: where maybe people's guards are down a little bit, so it almost not necessarily makes it easier because the, these things can't be easy. Yeah. But it, it throws up very interesting sort of possibilities.
1: Yes, you get engagement with children and young people in a physical activity that's sort of, yeah, it's fun, it's challenging. Most kids boys and girls in the countries that we work in like are interested in football, like playing football. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say that we should purely restrict ourselves to football, because there are other children who can't play sport or don't want to do that. But it does have very, very broad appeal. Mm-hmm. And so it's a pretty good starting point if you're going to combine this sports for development approach with our particular interest in psychosocial recovery.
2: I'm aware there's no tomorrow. I'm aware of yesterday. It's the
1: sound you made.
2: Because I know there's history. Let it see through all of the- So
3: So Child, for, for those that don't know, Child was um, started by two filmmakers um, after covering the, the conflict in the former Yugoslavia. But would you say that um, working with people in the arts is
1: sort of embedded in the philosophy of the charity? Yeah, we've got a very long history and heritage of working with the with the music industry. Jamie, maybe yeah, yeah. you want to talk here. a bit about that?
0: Yeah, we've had a very long... Run, um, well, I mean, predominantly music, really, is... is very much part of War Child's DNA Um, and this goes right back to when when we were founded back in the 90s Um, and to give a bit of background we were founded um, in 93 um, as you mentioned off the back of the well during the former civil war conflict in uh, Yugoslavia, former Yugoslavia and I mean this conflict very much was you know on the doorstep of of Europe, of the UK two-hour flight away, it was a holiday destination. So um, the two filmmakers you mentioned went over to to record um, some documentary footage for the BBC and they were just absolutely you know very disturbed by what they saw going on out there, children going to school behind tanks, snipers in Sarajevo, Sarajevo, you know, shooting at children going to school. It was a really visceral, disturbing um, conflict. Um, And they came back and they wanted to make a difference. They wanted to to raise awareness of what was going on and to to really lobby and and raise money for the provision of children in conflict. And uh, they turned, yeah, to the arts, to their friends in, you know, film, but also music, also fashion. Quite a lot of the early war child fundraisers were quite madcap ideas. I think the first official uh, show we ever did was at the Royal Festival Hall. The first successful fundraiser we were on was at the uh, London Zoo, just down the road from here. You know, mad stuff, and um, we did a fashion show as well uh, with designs from Louis Reed and uh, David Bowie. Some really, and ama- we worked with some really amazing people early on. And that, and that, as we really stay with War Child, was that reaching out to the creative communities, working and finding creative ways to raise money. Um, but really, what settled on music as the as the main form of art, and you know, was intrinsic to War Child's character, uh, was in '95 where we um, were by a sort of, uh, a very fortuitous call with a guy called Tony Crean, um, who used to run Go Discs. And uh, he had already, he'd been reading about what was going on in Yugoslavia was very disturbed by it and wanted to raise some money um, for it, for the conflict. Um, And he had this idea, it was based on a John Lennon quote, which is that artists should always make music, make albums, records that reflect what's going on uh, at that time, um, and the best, you know, the, the dream record would, would do this, reflect what's going on, and it would, you know, be written in a day, you know, cut the next, press the next, distributed the next day after, and on sale in a week. And Tony took this idea literally and had this mad idea get the great and good of the British music industry together at that time Oasis, Massive Attack, Portishead, uh, Nina Sherry, all these amazing artists. Um, and we'll do this we'll record in a week we'll record this album and they did that exactly that it was out in a week i think it was recorded so quickly that they had to put the sleeve notes in enemy and melody maker it was it was mad and they pulled it off and it went on to raise 1.25 million Uh, they've got a a number one number one album Um, so it's huge a huge moment both in terms of war child's history um, you know, put us on the map It raises a significant amount of money and we're indebted to that to this day and, and it, that's where our, our heritage started with music um, but also, um, yeah, a real cultural moment like music, you know, raise money
2: for a really important cause
3: you there's there's obviously that but would you say there's been any other sort of real watershed moments that you've seen the where you've seen the the charity through its involvement with music go from one place to another? Mm.
0: Yeah I mean I think yeah there's that was a starting point and that you know the early days for us was a lot about recorded music and and we did that for you know over ten years right up until 2009 was the last record we did and these moments all jumped us forward and I think you know, we're not we're not a huge charity, but we're known. We're relatively young. Relatively of, you know. young, yeah. We're really, exactly, relatively so young. How established you are? Yeah, you, yeah, you, no, totally. Yeah. And actually, a lot of people know the War Child name, but you know, and think we're bigger than we are. Um, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but you know, we're not we're not a huge charity. We're not like you know as mm-hmm. big as Save the Children. But we we through our work, which is obviously really specialised and important, but also through our connection to music we've had this amplification and so throughout our history we've had these moments we've been very lucky to work with amazing artists from Paul McCartney to Paul Weller, Brian Eno who produced the original Help has been a long-term supporter, um, Pavarotti you know to the current day of working with you know Tom Misch, John Rakai, uh, John Hopkins you know a, a real plethora of artists from all different you know, areas of the music industry, both the mainstream and the underground, I think that's something that we've been very conscious of as well. We want to be part of the music industry, we take that seriously. We're here to raise money and awareness of War Childs work, but we also want to play our part um, in the British music industry, well, the global music industry, so I think that's what's done as well. And so having that has jumped us forward and, and really elevated what we do.
3: Amazing. Involvement with the sort of music industry. You, um, you recently announced the lineup for your Safe and Sound show. Um, what artists are you working with on this project?
0: Um, yeah, really excitingly, uh, we've announced Safe and Sound, um, which was a new music series for us. We started actually last year at Shepherd's Bush, O2 Shepherd's Bush, um, and we had uh, Tom Mish play, John Hopkins, um, and everything. Everything was amazing, it raised a huge amount of money for us. And again, it was just a new a new way of us presenting Warchild's work and linking it to music. Um, and actually that, you know, Tom Mish brought up Jordan Rakai that night, so there's that link to um, Ninja Tune along with John Hopkins, obviously. Um, but yeah, we've announced this year, so we have Steph London starting the opening night or opening up for us. Um, and this year all the shows were Earth in Hackney. Which is a great new venue for london i don't know if you know
3: um no jordan Rakai recently um did a show there and it's pretty pretty incredible it's sort of like a dilapidated cinema yeah theater sort from of, beautiful
0: yeah, 1930s 1920s savoy cinema space and mad it used to be behind the old effies yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and no one knew it was there they used to leave wow. their like beer kegs in and i think the guys that own village underground stumbled across it that's what i've heard really really beautiful venue so all the nights are there um yeah Steph's gonna open up for us yeah it's gonna be an amazing amazing couple of days of music and fundraising so if you want to come down please check out the links
3: So was it spread over a few, yeah? It's, it's
0: over, yeah, a period of time, about a week, week and a half. Okay, cool. Um, all at Earth, as I say. Um, and the way we see it is, is basically, the, the great thing about Earth is there's two venues within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've taken both over. And depending on the artist who's playing, whether it's a slightly more sultry laid-back vibe, they'll go upstairs in the sort okay. of 1930s, the voice cinema, as I mentioned before. It's a little bit more high-octane, like Steph downstairs yeah, yeah, yeah. in a slightly bigger venue. So it's really nice that we can sort of um, play around a it depending on the style of artist. But yeah, all the money raised from that will come to Warchild. It's gonna be an amazing week of music, um, but also talking about War Child's work. And we're focusing this year around mental health, which okay. is uh, what mental health, and um, both in the music industry here, but also the work that we do in the field around psychosocial support, which maybe Dan, if you want to say a little bit about
1: that area of our work. Um, well. It- it's, partly it's captured by the stuff with War Child FC, but that, that football component is only, I suppose, a part of the, the emphasis on mental health and psychosocial well-being for kids who have lived through conflict. I mean, you can imagine the trauma that children experience fleeing their homes and um, seeing their families destroyed, killed even. And a lot of
3: them won't yet have the sort of emotional language to, to even express it.
1: No, they don't. So it's, it's incredibly disturbing and disruptive. And of course, it has, it has impact on children that lasts for their entire lives. And interestingly, people are just now beginning to realise, sort of 70 years after the event, the, the long-term impact on the mental health of children who lived through World War II. So it's in our communities as well. Lifelong scars really. Um, so there are several things that all child does with the with our programs to help children deal with and recover from that kind of experience. Um, generally we get them we work with them in groups. So where you find kids who have been displaced, let's say for example, recently from Mosul in northern Iraq. Lots of children were, lots of families escaped from the city in the final stages of the, the, the battles against Islamic State. So, large numbers of displaced people, large numbers of, uh, of children within that group who have experienced conflict, out of school, disturbed and traumatized. So, getting them into groups and helping them to focus on uh, creative activities as I said earlier re-establishing relationships with and trust with each other and those around them we work on a particularly uh, on a particular um, methodology which we've developed with our friends at War Child Holland which is called DEALS which is essentially a, a structured set of modules that children go through over a period of three four months every day they come to the center they work with trained facilitators who just help them to adjust readjust trust play learn and slowly slowly the the layers of of trauma and anxiety and fear get peeled back and they begin to recover some sense of a of a regular childhood I don't think it'll never be the same again once they've lived through that but it's a strong contribution to helping kids to to readjust would you say that that's the majority the Providing those
3: sort of services, that's that's the bulk of your work on the ground, essentially?
1: It's a part of it, but there's plenty of other child protection right. work that we're engaged with. Um, children in conflict with the law, kids who have been detained in difficult places like Afghanistan and um, and DRC where they're, where conditions in detention are absolutely horrific. Mm. And getting mixed up in the adult justice system is, is not good, something you want to children to be involved in. Um, Case management and referral for children who are separated from their, from their families, um, getting kids back into school, getting them legal documentation, a whole range of education and protection activities that help children to yeah, survive and, and thrive beyond through and beyond the experience of living in conflict. Um, and as I said earlier, very briefly, alongside that we, we put kind of, um, projects which help to support family income and livelihoods. A lot of work in this, in the humanitarian development setting now, is, is supported by cash transfers. So, there's quite a lot of work in Yemen at the moment, it's okay. around giving families cash to help them survive the crisis.
3: It's all, almost like a, you, like, the, there's been obviously a huge amount of research recently about the often the way to people know what they need, and so, literally, transferring them the most basic thing. Cash or wh- wh- yeah. whatever it is tends to be a, a, a way yeah. to sort of like that's true. I mean, it seems simple. Help in communities retrospect. bring yeah. so that it, if you can help a community build the infrastructure that they know that they need, yeah, they will generally be the best
1: people, the people best place to, yeah. to know, know what that is. It's true, and it's quite a shift in the sector. Years ago, the international aid industry said, Right, there's been a crisis, you know, an earthquake, a, a, a conflict, let's ship in a load of relief, mm-hmm. you know, food relief pots and pans, blankets, that sort of thing, which is actually still useful on the sure. whole, can be. But there was a huge mistrust of just giving people the money, the means to help them rebuild their lives.
3: Mm.
1: And usually after these events, there's still, there is still some market operating. And often the best thing you can do is give families enough money that they can re-establish their basics and at the same time help to revive local economies. Mm. So it's quite a big shift in the sector. It used to be very, very sort of suspicious of using cash, right? Because people said, "Oh, they'll just be, people will misuse this." But of course they don't. People no. make very rational choices about what to do in a crisis. Yes, sure.
3: any conflict areas that you feel don't get the proportional amount of media coverage that you should do, that they should do, sorry? Well, that's
1: a good question. I mean, there's a, there's a rule of thumb which says that, that media, media attention only, has, only really has um, room for one crisis at a time, one sort mm-hmm. of international crisis. So I guess in recent years, we've seen a lot, quite rightly, on the... Um, the the war in Syria, even that goes up and down on our screens though, Mm -hmm. Um, Yemen has had quite a lot of focus recently, but there are all kinds of conflicts and associated human human suffering Mm -hmm. in other parts of the world that get very, still very, very little coverage, that's partly because many of them them have gone on for so long, so people are bored of Afghanistan and the Democratic Republic of Congo. They don't even know that Central African Republic has had a civil war going on if Mm. people have sometimes not even heard of some of these countries. So, media attention is limited and that that often has a consequence that there's therefore less political attention on these and therefore Mm. less funding for them. So, yeah, it's a struggle to keep the, the levels up. That's why things like for agencies like Warchild having a link with a wide network of creative partners who bring in a whole other set of um, interests and supporters whether it's through music or other arts it's a big thing for us you know and, and as Jamie said it's quite a it's quite particular for warchild that we have those links
3: For a certain amount of time, which I think that the the issue is that we're the the media is so saturated with all, with all kinds of information, both good and bad. That people get a notification, and they often kind of go like, "Oh, that's awful," and then and then sort of swipe it off. Yeah. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, through, through these sorts of projects, you can engage people. There might be a much smaller pool of people, but they are mm. they're, they're kind of really uh, engaged. Yeah. So that positive
0: experience, you know, like I think a lot of the media now is coverage, it's, it, it can make you feel a bit helpless, you can't make a difference, you can't change anything and that engenders people sadly to switch off and I think mm. we're seeing that a lot at the moment. There's been some, a report recently that's talked about you know huge amounts of people turning off from the news totally and I think that's where War Child has created something very unique in that we put these shows on and we have like Stan said these creative partnerships but through our shows around Brits, or Safe and Sound, or anything else that we do, through partnerships, you know, we want to entertain people and inspire them. And, and no, there's no better way of doing it than a music show, live music. You, know, you go and see your favourite artist, usually with wallchild it's an, in, an intimate venue, you know, and you go and have this incredible experience collectively with a community of people around you who are also a fan of that artist. But you hear about wallchild's work and we always, Make a point of bringing out people, um, members of our youth advocacy panel, um, but you know to come and speak on stage and tell their story. And these are young people that have lived through um, war zones, conflict-affected areas, and they have these amazing stories to tell at these shows. And you know it gives us a chance to present War Child's work, but also to uh, provide a platform, you know, for people to tell these really important stories. And, and the great thing is when people are there and hear these. Um, incredible young people talk about their experiences they're inspired and they want to go away and, yeah. and do more and I think it's connecting that community people coming together that creativity and music with you know the work that we do that makes War Child very unique and gives us a, well, in a really lucky it's tradition. true
1: yeah I mean one of the apart from the, the projects a the service delivery if you like with directly with children in the countries that we've been talking about Another important part of the work is, is the international advocacy. War Child and our partners and some of the children that we work with raising our voices about these issues, whether it's um, grave violations of children's rights, investment in the reintegration of children who have been in armed groups, all kinds of important issues that are neglected um, that we can lobby on and advocate for because we have this very broad constituency of support. And having high-profile musicians who support War Child actually brings a lot of profile and attention to the organisation. So it works well, both as a, uh, a fundraising channel, but also because it opens up other doors to communicate our priorities. Yeah, sure.
3: How the, does uh, the sort of shifting political landscape um, affect you guys, or are you kind of um, separate from having to having
1: to think about politics? Uh, well, that's a really good question. I mean, international NGOs like War Child uh, follow kind of humanitarian principles, which means that we are politically impartial. Yeah, that's an important principle. But of course, once you start getting involved in Relief operations in in Yemen, or the problems of children affected with cro- conflict by conflict in northern Iraq, they're, they're political issues because they play out on the ground and they affect people around them. Um, in terms of UK politics, there's I mean one thing that's really helped I suppose the the aid sector in recent years is that successive governments have committed to. Give 0.7% of GNP, GDP, sorry, to international aid, and it's a number that it, it, it so it protects a certain amount of investment in in global development. There's always it's always under fire because yeah, of other course. political pressures sort of want to to channel it elsewhere or use it differently. Um, so that's an important part of it. Things like Brexit um, present a big challenge to uh, international development agencies because. We get some of our funding from the European Union mm. and once the rules change around that um, it's going to be challenging for British NGOs to actually access some of that money so yes big question mark over what happens after, after the end of this year on that front. Um,
3: but I guess essentially you're affected by macro political issues as much as any other company like wh- whether that company is providing aid or whether it's you know. It, yeah. You know.
1: yeah and of course in going, having gone through years of austerity in the UK there are there are You know, there's public opinion and there's media opinion that says, well, shouldn't we be looking at our own country's problems first? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is an old argument, but one that we don't quite support because, yes, we do need to support um, uh, the development of our own country and problems in our own country, but as an outward looking nation, which has a very strong tradition of brilliant. International agencies like Oxfam and Save the Children and War Child, uh, we've got a role to play on the global stage. Part of that is through the aid that we offer and the support we offer to populations in distress across the world through these kinds of programs.
3: And also, we have a rich history of sometimes being involved in the very conflicts that you know have, have affected you know. Well, that's true, and that, yeah. doesn't, that that's not to say that um, therefore we you know, we are required to, to get involved in everything. Yeah. But you know there, there you know, there are mitigating you yeah. factors. Well, there's a,
1: there's, a, there's a very live example of that at the moment, which is the UK government's support to the Saudi regime in Yemen um, and the military campaign against rebel forces in Yemen, um, which has clearly taken a huge toll on the civilian population and where it seems to be very direct link to British military support. And on the other hand, um, the UK government also supporting the UN's aid effort, yeah. so uh, there's an there's a, there's a absolutely classic current example mm. of um, how politics plays out through these aid efforts.
3: Is there anything, you know, whether micro or macro, is there any sort of government policy that would really
1: um, help NGOs like you guys? Um, well, we would definitely argue to maintain the UK government's commitments to um, international aid, um, and I think, as I said earlier, they, they, they so far governments have been quite serious about upholding that. Um, but you never know you know a change in a change in um, priorities or um, in policy could see that un- unstitched it's actually it's a legal commitment at the moment so it take take quite a bit of doing to, to un- unravel that um, how do uh, how do you find
3: local communities sort of react to the work that you do do on the ground
1: well the participation and involvement of local communities is absolutely essential if you don't have that you're just turning up as a kind of um, external service provider you're not going to get a the kind of local acceptance and buy-in that that leads to success let alone any kind of chance of of sustainable outcomes um, months or, or years later and Community participation and ownership is also an an important way of helping to to ensure um, security for teams and partners in what can be quite unpredictable places. Um, And you have to work quite hard at that. It's not a given that an agency like War Child can just show up in any war-affected community and say, right, here we are um, to come and help. You know, you need to be very... Aware of local dynamics, respectful of, respectful of local culture and priorities, um, and work slowly and carefully to get buy-in from children, community leaders, churches, mosques, military commanders. There's a whole network of people that need to be on board if a if any given intervention is going to be successful. Okay. Um,
3: just to, just sort of finish up. Um Obviously, thank you so much for, for joining us, but uh, what advice would you give to someone on a more individual level that wanted to, to get more involved in, what, in the work that you guys do?
0: That's a very good question. I mean, I think from, from my, the team I sit in perspective, so, you know, working in the music team here, you know, it's, it's always, we always say to the British music industry, thank you so much for the support you've given us. At every level, that needs to continue. Um, or we want it to continue, so that we can keep, A, raising money, you know, for the work that, that Dan has been talking about, um, and B, raising awareness as well, which is also important about the issues that we face. Um, and, you know, a lot of that comes from my advocacy work. But um, I think, um, yeah, that comes from the industry getting behind War Child, both from, you know, artists performing at our shows, um, label supporting as well, um, agents, every, at every level, you know, that support for the last 25 years has enabled us to grow to what we are today. And for us to grow for the next 25 years, um, we need the music industry to be on board. So that's a very specific one from my point of view. It's just people lending their support, putting their hand up. And if people want to get involved, reach out, they can contact us. Um, you know, I can put my email on this podcast, as you know, give you the info so people can reach out. That's always a huge thing for us. Um, I think, in more generally, there's so much you can do from the music side, but community fundraising as well um, to advocating, signing petitions, following War Child, following what we do, what we're calling for. You know, I think that's a huge um, way of supporting. And I think it's important, going back to what I said earlier, that understanding that people can make a difference. And there are many different ways of doing that and not to get too bogged down in, in, in you know, a lot of the negativity. You know, it's the problem is you know, when people switch off, it's not that, you know, people can't make a difference. Um, but I think this is where we should definitely mention the Independent Music covers as a great example of that, you know. Uh, James and Natasha organise it, it's, you know, have done an amazing job, it's a great example of bringing a community together. And that's what it's always about, it's about you and your community coming together to make a difference. And, you know, the Independent Music Community coming together and taking part in this football tournament on the 27th of July, you know, hope, hopefully to raise over £10,000, that's huge, that's massive, and it, well, that's all it takes, entering, entering a team, coming down playing football, um, people using their skills, whether it's football related or not, or DJs that performing on the day, I think that's always important to remember, you know, coming down, to taking part, using your skills, using your community, um, and, you know, the Independent Music Cup is a great example of that, and we're really, really excited and honoured to be partnering with them this year and yeah again I should say if anyone wants to come down and watch get involved you can on the day um, it starts at 2pm runs till 6pm I think it's a £3 donation um, and that money will come to Warchild and support the work that we've talked about today and uh, afterwards if people fancy a dance you can come down to the after party at Tola in Peckham which has been organised by Boiler Room and tickets will be on the door but also available beforehand so yeah that is a really clear example of. Something you can do short term to get involved and to support. But also long term, yeah, follow all Child, follow what we're doing, and um, there are many ways that you can support us.
3: I couldn't have put it by myself. Um, thank you so much for joining us, guys.
0: Thank you very much, Jack.
3: Thank you.
2: And now it seems as if we're used to the Shagri. We made our beds, and now we hate where these beds be. Took nothing at all to part this Red Sea. I'm a shackled child, singing the good song of freedom. They've got no pride, they interrupt our grieving. Teardrops dropping for the pain of the world My best friend dies when she was just a young girl Left me here to fend for myself Now the pain never leaves, we just learn to cope So when the devil needs hanging will you tie up the rope and shout pull? let's put an end to this bull Zen thing, how many years before we practice what we preach How many tears before we truly clinch the peak Only to find that there is no honey on the moon official goon with the unofficial crew i'm off to all men all of the women all the children just say when and i'm taking to my tactics who's the hardest who's the hardest i'm fit to all men all of the women all the children just say when and i'm taking to my tardis. who's the hardest who's the hardest Sixteen bar cycles, heartfelt recital From the wacky blackie man they shoulda called me Michael Look at the monster you made, look at the monster you paid But you claim no responsibility Cause it's each to itself in these times that we live Does God have a sense of humour then the joke's on us? Cause we're chasing our tails for how long? The tussle makes us how strong? Vintage poor people's fun If we could ease up on these booze and fags then just maybe Life wouldn't seem so mad Be a man, my dad said But what the hell he know? He lost these dreams He lost his flow And I don't wanna be alone I'm born king, so where's my throne? I'm too intense I'm too deep I'm too nice for life So what makes this place so nervous? I'm all thanks to all men All of the women, all the children Just say when and I'll take it till my is Who's the hardest? Who's the hardest? I'm all things to all men All of the women, on the children Just say when and I'll take you to my tardies Who's the hardest? Who's the hardest? I'm all things to all men All of the women, on the children Just say when and I'll take you to my tardies Who's the hardest? Who's the hardest? Hey, it's an old man